What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Winter Wonderland, where I am stuck in the middle of an ice storm while spring training goes on without a hitch in Jupiter. With me today is someone who has been enjoying the Florida sunshine, or at least I hope he has been, none other than Chris Raby, the voice of the pre- and post-game shows on KMOX. You know him, you hear him, we love him, and he's been live reporting from Jupiter this spring, dealing with some near death experience. That may be a little dramatic. We'll talk about that as we get there and getting to know a few of these young guys as the spring goes along. So without further ado, Chris Ravy. First of all, how's Florida? <laughs> it's good. Uh, it is warm uh, <laughs> after a day of some rain last week, but um, it's always great. I'm I'm always happy to get down here. Crazy days, long days. Uh, luckily, I guess for us, at least games start this weekend, so that's always nice. But yeah, so far so good. No complaints. A little better with rain than like freezing rain or something in, in St. Louis or in the Midwest these days, right? <laughs> yeah, and a lot of us had some issues getting out I of St. Louis in the Midwest down here. So again, I uh, I can't complain at all. Yeah. Now, early spring training, it's a little hard to to make too many um, declarative statements about what a team's going to look like. But one thing that has happened, I don't know if you guys are being targeted by guys in BP. You almost got hit. Sounds like Paul DeYoung almost hit Jeff Jones the other day. What's going yeah. on down there? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe we're just all really, really nimble and able to get out of the way. But it's crazy. Like, they don't often take BP on field one, which if people have been down here, if they haven't, there's like the complex. And then um, probably when you see pictures of guys like throwing their bullpens and you see like that patio where there's picnic tables. So the bullpens are right behind that. And then the fence for field one is right behind that. And balls can come back towards the complex. And I'm not sure how concerned players have been about hitting us, but there's also the parking lot and like the spots closest to the complex is where like Yachty's Rolls Royces and um, <laughs> one of Marcelo Zuna's three Lamborghinis is. Um, and I know they get nervous about that. So uh, I guess in their opinions, maybe better us than the cars, <laughs> the millions of dollars worth of automobiles uh, as a magnet for batting practice balls. But yeah, you know, everyone's surviving so far. Uh, no issues, no broken bones, and no broken windshields. You guys are just just the last line of defense between between them and their cars at this point. Which exactly? I don't know. Maybe a, a hazard of the job. <laughs> Or maybe, now that I think about it, Tara, an opportunity for a side hustle where we could put gloves on and we could be like the extra BP shaggers and we could stand in front of the cars and try to catch the balls. There you go. New plan. Yeah, save on an insurance deductible and then they can just pay (laughs) us. There it is. There it is. Yeah. See, it's a, you just had to got to think these things through, right? Um, you exactly. mentioned the parking lot. You've been uh, doing some videos online, kind of walking with those guys to their cars, um, giving people these little glimpses of, of some of the little things that these guys are thinking about in spring training. Is there anyone so far that um, that has, has stood out as far as maybe saying something that you hadn't heard before or who came into spring with a, a little bit of a different perspective? Yeah, I think that, um, man... 
they're all cool. And, and just to hear a little bit about the guys kind of outside of the clubhouse or, um, you know, just in a different setting or, or hear a little bit about stuff they do away from the field um, is interesting. I thought uh, Flaherty saying, you know, that's like the latest one, I think. We've got Dakota Hudson and Ryan Helsley together a little bit later. Flaherty saying that, you know, he can't even imagine going to play golf or anything and, you know, kind of what he does to go home. And a lot of the guys will say they have to try to fight off naps. Um, Helsley and Hudson actually drove 21 hours together from Kansas City down here. So I'm surprised they're not sick of each other. But <laughs> it's just kind of the the approach these guys take and, you know, how regimented everything is down here. And, you know, I'm sure that they go out and play a little golf or have fun or go out to a nice dinner. But, you know, more than anything, it's, you know, now 2019 and just the uh, level of expectation for everything, whether it be sleep and how much sleep you're getting, uh, your nutrition, your hydration, guys that say they literally can't drink enough water and they have to have a case of water with them at all times. So I think those are the little things that, that maybe, you know, you don't necessarily think of as a fan. Like these guys show up and, and they work hard and, you know, they get a lot of work done. Uh, while they're at the complex every day but it's really now a 24 hour a day job and that starts in february goes through october and then starts again in the off season so i think just that that dedication the level of dedication that they all have whether you've been in the big leagues or you know you're in low a or you're in rookie ball i think that it's uh it's something that uh is really really important and oftentimes we'll separate the guys who make it from maybe the guys that don't yeah i think it's really interesting um Everyone always talks about coming into spring training in the best shape of their life, right? But that's that's becoming more and more a reality, right? As guys have to come in ready to go or ready to prove that they, you know, made improvements over the offseason or whatever it is. Not so much you come to spring training to get ready to play baseball. You come to spring training to start playing baseball. And, you know, you see that and you hear that. And, man, there is there there isn't a whole lot of an off season left for these guys. <laughs> yeah. And, and part of it's because, you know, games start on Saturday. So yeah. the first full squad workout was Monday. Uh, they had live BP Monday and Tuesday, no live BP today. And then it's two more days. And then you're playing games. So, you know, there's really no time to get into shape and, you know, there's going to be a lot of innings and a lot of games and a lot of different guys that, that the club needs to get a look at. And that'll start in just a couple of days. One guy that we're starting to get a little bit of a look at, Paul Goldschmidt. Again, not a whole lot you can take from the first week or so of, of spring training, especially before those games start. But what's been the the takeaway, besides the fact that he can hit monster home runs uh, in BP, from Paul Goldschmidt and the way that he's come in to this spring as you know the, the new kid on the block? I think it's just the way he carries himself. Um, he's obviously a guy who's accomplished a ton around Major League Baseball and He's just very, very professional, almost low key, but, um, you know, comes in, gets his work done is, uh, I think getting to know all the guys in the clubhouse, but it's just very professional. There's, um, I, I think just a very, he, he's just a, and, and this is so cliche, but he's just kind of a, a baseball guy. It's just kind of what he does, what he loves, what he talks about. And, um, you know, can see him having different conversations with guys can see, you know, one of the first days he volunteered and was like flipping fungos to Jose Akendo to hit the guys. He's just, you know, strikes me as someone who who just is is very, very focused and very, very serious on or off the field. And that's probably a, a big part of the reason outside of his ability, uh, but his work ethic and, and the way he goes about it, why he's had so much success. 
Yeah, with so many young guys on this team, you have to think that that is something that the Cardinals liked about him, the ability to kind of bring that to the table, show that as a way to be successful in, in this in this game, right? Yeah, and I think he did that in Arizona. And yeah. it just got to a point where they wanted to move in a different direction and, um, you know, moved on from, from a number of players. But I think that, you know, he's done that. Uh, he's certainly... Um, I think based on the expectation, yeah, someone that'll have a, a huge impact, not just on the field, but on the guys that are going to be coming up throughout the organization, whether it's in spring or over the course of this year. He's probably not going to be a guy that grabs too many headlines with quotes, <laughs> but uh, that's all right. They have plenty of those. One guy that is always grabbing headlines, it seems like, is Carlos Martinez. This year is no different, whether it's the hair or the the role he's going to play or now the, the fact that he's not going to be throwing for a couple of weeks. He's got a lot of people concerned um, based on the limited action he saw last year coming in already kind of being shut down temporarily, uh, whether it's precautionary or not. What's your read on the Carlos Martinez situation as it stands now? Because it's really easy, I think, to hear, oh, they're shutting Carlos Martinez down and and for people to panic. But that's not necessarily an indication of what's to come. Uh, it's it's just sort of wait and see. But what's your, what's your read on all of that? Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway first is that um, apparently MRI, all the imaging they did was was positive and structurally there isn't anything wrong. So uh, that's kind of where you panic first, especially when it's um, shoulders. You know, you never want to uh, be in a situation where you think you're, you're going to be dealing with something that might require a procedure. But if that is the case, and I guess we have no reason to believe that's not the case, then um, I think it's just trying to figure out something that works for him and figure out a plan that works for him because this will now be another issue that he's had kind of in the same region. And I think similar to what slowed him down last year and more than anything that they've got to figure out a way to not just get him on a path where the shoulders, not an issue, but also where he's, I think proactively taking on a program or taking on an approach where he can make sure it's not going to be an issue moving forward. So I don't know if the club, knows exactly what that is or exactly how it will um you know affect maybe his role this year or beyond but um you know I, I do think that that one thing that's encouraging is that in a really small sample size at the end of last year when he did you know move to a bullpen spot and and he was in that closer role eventually he seemed to be recovering pretty well day to day from it. I don't know uh, what that would mean over the course of a full season or um, what it would mean if he was if he was moved back to the rotation. But I do think some of what he did at the end of last year uh, has some reason for encouragement. But certainly you hope that this is nothing but um, a chance to maybe go about his strengthening program for his shoulder in a different way over the next two weeks, maybe figure out something that works and then hope that you know by March 5th when they do evaluate him and, and where he's at, it's, you know, a green light and he's able to start throwing and get on track. Yeah, it's interesting hearing the comments from Mike Schilt, from John Moselak, kind of Mike Schilt saying that, you know, he put in work. It's not like he didn't do work over the offseason. John Moselak sort of indicating that maybe they wanted the work to be done a little bit differently or a little bit different kind of work. So it, it sounds like they're still sort of feeling that out, trying to figure out how they can best get Carlos in, in game shape and how he can kind of take ownership of that and um, maybe not need quite as much direction or, or maybe just take the direction that they're offering him. I don't know. I don't quite know what it is at this point. <laughs> yeah. And I think part of it is like, as I just look it up to, to double check, I think part of it is that 
we almost take for granted like how young Carlos yeah. is because of how much he's accomplished and how early he came up to the big leagues in 2013. And the fact that despite some of the injuries the last year or so, he's he's been you know incredibly durable and has accomplished a lot already in his young major league season relative to a lot of other guys. Uh, let's see. So he on May third, May third made his big league debut at age twenty one, uh, and why can I not see his birthday? All right, he's twenty seven. He won't even turn twenty eight until September of this year. So, <laughs> like the fact that he has what essentially five and a half big league seasons under his belt, like that's insane. So there's been a lot of workload, a lot of major league workload, a couple of all-star games, um, you know, a couple of trips to the postseason. There, there's been a lot of innings. And, again, I think that for a guy who's young but has thrown a lot, it's maybe not uncommon to at some point need to figure out a different routine and a different way to care for your body. I'm sure that his shoulder and his arm don't recover as well at age 27 as they did at age 23. That doesn't mean that, you know – he's lazy or he, he wasn't working out in the off season. I'm, I'm sure that that comparison will get made on, on Twitter or whatever, but um, you know, he's older and his, and his body's different. And I think that happens. And, you know, hopefully it's up to him and the Cardinals to come up with a proactive way to, to deal with that and maybe come up with a program that'll not only make him stronger, but you know, make him better in the long run. Yeah. I think it's also significant. Um, and I think it's fair to say that th- there's sort of this perspective that he's been injured a lot and that's really not the case really just 2018 was the first time he's dealt with kind of these repeat injuries um and I think to your point he's young he hasn't really had to deal with back-to-back injuries like that much over the course of his career so he's learning how to make adjustments and and grow from that as well so a, a learning process for everyone involved including Carlos Martinez in figuring out what to do when you're recovering from an injury. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, he was in the bullpen uh, almost exclusively his first two years, and then in 15, 16, and 17, his first three years as a starter, age 23, 24, 25, he threw 180, 195, and 205 innings. Like That's pretty durable. He, he, for a he hasn't guy. missed time, except for last year. And then I guess at the end of the 2015 season, before the series with the Cubs, when they just decided that they were going to shut him down because he was already at 180 innings. It was his first full year as a starter, which is insane. He went from 89 big league innings in 14 to 180 in 15. So, yeah, I mean, not to like just be too glass half full or assume that everything's going to be great, but, you know, I think this probably happens um, maybe more than we are accustomed to knowing. A lot of it probably happens in the off season in terms of guys' strength programs or their workout programs. Um, especially if they have to undergo some type of procedure, which he hasn't. So, yeah, he's just been such in the spotlight and has been so good and so just interesting both on and off the field that maybe rightfully so he gets put under a bit more of a magnifying glass. Yeah, well, definitely a lot to watch there. I think Mike Maddox in his second year working with those pitchers is going to have a little better idea of how to – um, deal with some of that and and how to communicate with some of those guys, whether it's Carlos Martinez or, or Miles Michaelis or anybody else. So that'll be uh, yeah. an interesting part of that to watch as well. I did have some people um, ask some questions via Twitter and or Instagram. So I want to throw those nice. at you real quick. Um, first of all, our, our good friend Dan Buffa uh, in talking about Carlos Martinez uh, asked that if 
Carlos Martinez can't be in the starting rotation, whether it's injury or otherwise, do you feel confident or do you think the team feels confident with the resources that they already have? Or would this be a great opportunity to go out and get somebody like Dallas Keuchel, who's still waiting on a contract? I think that the organization won't ever rule like anything out in terms of especially a guy who could you know his market could trickle to the point of like a Greg Holland last year or a Lance Lynn last year um you know who ended up taking a one-year deal um I would be surprised if there were any kind of longer-ish term deals and that is because of not just the resources but I think the excitement around a lot of different guys who could be in the rotation? And there are a couple of different factors. Someone like a John Gant, who's out of options and who was really good last year, starting you know almost 20 games. I think an ERA right under 3.5 and a pretty good strikeout rate. Um, Dakota Hudson, at some point a player like him, if there's an opportunity for him to be in the rotation in the big leagues, um, I think he would be in a position inning-wise and workload-wise to compete for that. But on the flip side, if you bring in another starter and a starter maybe for multiple years, uh, what does that do for Hudson? Do you put him in the big league bullpen knowing that then if he gets 60 or 70 innings, you may not be able to count on him to be stretched out and throw 180 innings next year as a starter. So I think there are a couple of those kinds of questions. Um, I'll just kind of say that, like I said, to to answer Dan's question to begin with, I would be surprised if there was any type of long-term deal handed out. Um, but, and and that's not I think for sake of money, but more so that kind of like last year when Miles Michaelis was was brought in, I know they felt that Miles Michaelis would outperform Jake Arrieta. It's not that they didn't want to spend money on Jake Arrieta. It's that their metrics said Miles Michaelis would outperform Jake Arrieta, and he, out, he outperformed just about everyone in, in Major League Baseball. So I think they like what they have. There are some decisions to be made in terms of where guys are going. But if it comes down to maybe a one-year deal or someone whose market drastically shifts in an area that it was not expected to shift, I don't think they'd rule anything out. Staying with pitching, Christian asked about Michael Waka. We haven't heard a whole lot about him. Um, of course, he was shut down for a large portion of, of last season, really the whole second half, and is another guy that, you know, when he's healthy, he's one of the best that they have, but he has a hard time. You talk about injury history. Michael Waka is the one with an injury history. Um, if he can stay healthy, he's a dominant part of, of this rotation. What's kind of the status with Michael Walker? Because it has been pretty quiet so far. Yeah, and another guy who over the last couple of off-seasons had to drastically change the way he worked out and the way he tried to take care of his shoulder. Um, drastically changed, excuse me, his even like in-between start routine to the point that last year he wasn't even throwing the days after starts. And started out great was on track to be an all-star, but, you know, then again, just had issues staying healthy, similar to Carlos. Although, I don't know, we'll see if the narrative with Carlos is the same as it was with Waka. But I do think that um, there is, again, an excitement that if he can stay healthy and if he can continue, another guy who's just so young, that if he can continue to learn about his shoulder, learn what he has to do to take care of it, um, Look at maybe, I know Brandon McCarthy has been the easy comparison because he's dealt with some of the same stuff. Waka worked out with his trainer, but, you know, kind of how long it, it took him to kind of figure things out. So I think there is an excitement that um, Waka, who, like you said, there hasn't been a lot talked about him. If, you know, he can be a guy who can start 20, 
six, 28 games, maybe get a couple of extra starts off, maybe especially early in the season when they can skip him in the rotation, I think could be a, a really, really valuable piece. But, you know, it's been, what, four years, three years since he's been able to do that? Yeah, yeah I always I always feel like uh, Michael Waka is kind of the bonus for me. Like, I don't really know if you can count on it, but it, when it's there, it's cool. <laughs> it's fun to watch when, when he's pitching well. Uh, so hopefully this uh, this year will be a little bit different as far as that story goes. Kind of along this theme of these injuries, Miranda asked about these players who the conversation has been that they're not using team doctors, they're kind of going off on their own. That's a thing we're hearing a little more and more about. Marcelo Zuna saw his own doctor. We heard Carlos Martinez um, had has his guy, and most of them do. Dexter Fowler has talked about that. Her question is, how should that be handled? Because teams seem to not necessarily like it, <laughs> um, but I'm not sure there's a whole lot they can do about it. Yeah, you know, it's, I think, something that has a lot to do with the player and maybe his representation, his agent. Um, if you're talking about off-season diagnoses or procedures, I know some people have asked the question, why didn't Marcelo Zuna have surgery the day after the season ended? I don't, I don't know. That could have been the Cardinals doctors saying that they wanted him to, you know, have some time off before he even went to visit Neil Elitrach, which I think was at the end of November, maybe. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's, that's part of the business and part of the game and part of your employer, or my employer. If we had an issue, um, granted the stakes are, are different. We wouldn't be forced to go exclusively to a care provider provided by our employer um at least i've never had that experience so yeah i don't know a lot of it has to do with you know agents and money and stuff that's that's way over my head but i will say that the cardinals always you know i'm sure like every team do their best to to do their due diligence i think dr uh, paletta is you know at the forefront of one of the most respected uh, guys in the entire industry, not just the baseball industry, but the medical industry. So, you know, it's, it's something that's not always a perfect science, no pun intended. Um, but certainly I know that, uh, the club is always trying to be kept in the loop or at least a part of, of what goes on. Yeah. I think that communication is probably as important as anything, just making sure that the, they're all on the same page about what's happening and what's not happening and when it's happening and, and all of those details. Okay. Ryan asked about Drew Robinson. Um, the new guy, <laughs> is there any indication uh, so far, again, it's so early, but of his chances of breaking this spring with the big league club as the left-handed bench bat, which is something that Mo talked a lot about this offseason, about wanting to go find? Yeah, he'll get a chance, and um, you know that will start this weekend. It, it's hard. We haven't even seen these guys in a game yet, but what I can tell you is that Mike Schultz said um, – this morning that that Robinson will work primarily in the infield uh play some third base then play some second base probably in that order um Jed Jerko is going to get a lot of backup reps at shortstop so I think that third base and second base for Robinson are going to be prioritized um and then he's a guy who you know could play a little bit of outfield uh but Jairo Munoz is another guy who from the right side is kind of that Swiss army knife as well. So they're going to move him around a lot too. So I think you'll see a lot of Robinson um, first playing maybe one position in a game and then eventually playing multiple positions in the same game. And they'll see how he reacts to that and uh, how his bat plays. So, yeah, I think that um, 
there's certainly an advantage, especially in the National League, as you know, Shell pointed out this morning, to having a couple of of guys like that that can move all over the place. We saw Munoz play like literally every position <laughs> last year in the spring. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, he definitely um, is an advantage because of that flexibility, which is, a, I feel like we talk about flexibility a lot and sometimes people roll their eyes at it anymore, but he actually does have a, a valuable version of flexibility that this this team can take advantage of for sure. <laughs> yeah, and has like incredible tools too. Like yeah. He hits the heck out of the ball. Um, he has an absolute cannon. It's funny, like I remember last year, one of the games I was doing in spring, it was in Sarasota and... Uh, somebody was a late scratch. So Munoz wasn't supposed to be in the lineup. It's the game that he ended up hitting uh, three home runs in the same inning. Um, he wasn't even, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't even, yeah, one of the most fun games I've ever done. He wasn't even supposed to be in the lineup and he had not, not yet played right field, but we knew he could play shortstop and we had seen him in left field. So they put him in right field and he had a throw early in the game. And I'm like, gosh, this guy is a cannon. Then there was a foul ball hit down the right field line and it kind of trickled towards him. You know, they call time or whatever. He runs over, picks it up and goes to throw it in the stands to a fan, but threw it so hard that all the fans ducked, it hit <laughs> off a seat in the stands and rolled all the way to center field. Oh, and they had gosh. to, st- they had to stop the game and go and get the ball. So at that point I'm like, yeah, this guy is an absolute cannon and he also can hit the ball really, really, really far as well. That's funny. That's that's a great story. Uh, circling back to pitching, now that we're talking about guys who have great arms, uh, thanks for that that segue there. Um, the last question is from Tori, who asked about Ponce de Leon, who uh, is, for me, one of the best stories of 2018. Um, yeah. Definitely a guy that could really contribute at the major league level. Have you seen much of him yet this spring? Yeah, I actually spent a bunch of time with him in the offseason, which was cool, and went on a Cardinals caravan with him. And for him to talk not just about baseball and about getting a chance to be back in baseball like my goodness him and his wife just had their second kid which is awesome so just so thrilled for him to see you know where he's at now and and what he's been doing and then man was someone else who was really really good last year when he came up um I think someone else who could provide a variety of roles obviously with options could be kind of back and forth so the question then becomes do you want to have him maybe stretched out a bit more and have him in the minors ready to go? Or do you want to have him in the big league bullpen? I think his stuff plays. Obviously, he's a guy who can uh, get a lot of strikeouts as well, kind of in the mold of some of the really athletic pitchers uh, that the Cardinals have. So certainly think he's in the mix for a spot and could break with the club, but also because of the fact that he has options left, could be one of those guys that maybe like Brebbia, um, like Myers last year, uh, is someone that's kind of up and down, accumulating a lot of either uh, gas points or frequent flyer miles, and is someone that could be used in a variety of spots. I didn't even ask you about John Brevia. We're, we're, I don't want to take up too much of your time today, but man, he's. Uh, I, I I just want more content of John Brevia every time I see anything from that guy. He's he's pretty great. <laughs> he's unbelievable. Yeah, and also just. Someone that's turned into a real asset as well, um, you know, and uh, carries an umbrella when it's sunny <laughs> and dresses up like John Mozeliak on Mondays. But um, yeah, he's he's not only a a real asset for the club and, and in the bullpen, but a real asset for the media as well because he's always quick with a great quote and um, 
shameless plug, we have him on our, our show on the Cardinals Radio Network this week. He's one of the guys we have on. So, yeah, love John Brevia. Love his perspective on things. Um, just always keeps it light. And then for as goofy and as good a guy he is, you're like, oh, you also happen to be like one of the best human beings on the planet at throwing a baseball. Right. Just conveniently is great at both of those things. Well, I know, very jealous. We'll look forward to that, uh, hearing that conversation with him, um, as well as the rest of your coverage this spring. And uh, before long, we'll we'll be back in St. Louis doing it all over again. So thanks for your time today, and I'll let you get back to it. Can't wait. Thanks for having me. Best of luck, Chris, on that new side job of protecting all of the very expensive cars in the parking lot. I hope you brought your glove with you to Jupiter. But many thanks to Chris Raby for joining me today. Make sure you check out all of his coverage online and on the radio. Who doesn't want to hear more from John Brebbia? So keep an eye out for that. And keep an eye out for new stuff from Birds on the Black, whether it's Chirps or Kyle's Dirty 35 or Ben's projections, or minor league stuff, or other major league stuff, or more winter wonderland, as long as the winter continues to persist. Which actually is not that much longer. We're so close, everybody. But until then, for Birds on the Black, for Chris Raby, I'm Tara Wellman. I'll see you next time.